What's up, everyone? This is episode 45 of the TorontoGameDose.com podcast. I'm one of your host, Steve, the main dude behind TorontoGameDose.com. And uh, joining us, as always, since episode 10, is Composing Dan. Nice. And uh, yeah, this is this ends the streak because Brett is not with us right now. He's Yeah, he's losing half an episode today. Yeah. We traded Brett for Gabby from Laundry Bear Games. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Welcome, Gabby. Hello, thanks for having me. Yeah, because um, you're working on lots of stuff and... I episode 45 wanted to bring someone else on um and I posted about your game uh earlier this week figured it'd be a good chance to talk about it so thanks for joining us yeah thank you for having me thank you for sharing our game that was really nice of you (laughs) yeah no problem it's I'm really super interested in it but we'll talk more about it um and we also made good on on our threat to fire Brett last week yeah that's true actually (laughs) (laughs) we just had enough of his bullshit (laughs) Uh, no, Brett slept in or something. He was probably like out last night record, um, doing stand-up, I'm assuming. Doing some stand-up, I bet. I bet you he's got some stories from the road for us this week. Yeah. He's probably like on a like bench somewhere in Windsor. <laughs> <laughs> just, just Trying to get Wi-Fi so he can join the podcast. Uh, the story we make up will be better than whatever he has. So. <laughs> um, normally we go into hype time. Um and since Gabby, you're replacing Brett, you can just hype up whatever you would like to hype up. So uh, you have a podcast and you have and your other stuff. So why don't you talk first about your podcast, I guess? Sure. Uh, so I have a podcast called Play Dead, which I do with uh, dorkshop.com. Uh, and it is about uh, death in video games. It's like a lot of what I do is revolves around death in video games. <laughs> so, uh, so specifically what I do is I interview different game developers or game makers or whoever every episode, and we talk about how they're using death in their games. Um, so I uh, just wrapped up first season. There's only 10 episodes. Um, and uh, come back in the fall with more episodes. More nice. death, more death and stuff. <laughs> nice. And I guess just a little bio. Do you want to just kind of, uh, for people who don't know you or aren't familiar with, uh, with your yeah, I probably so. I probably should have started with that. <laughs> yeah, probably. So it was here's my, my podcast. Hello. <laughs> it was my job to introduce you, and I failed miserably. But anyways, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you want to maybe just give a little bio of yourself? Sure. Uh, so I'm Gabby Darienzo. I'm a Toronto-based independent game developer and co-founder of Laundry Bird Games, which uh, is a Studio I just founded with my partner, Andrew Carvalho. We just founded ourselves like a couple months ago. And uh, we're working on a very death-centric game called Mortuary Simulator, which is probably the working title. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah we'll see. We'll see. Uh, yeah, when I'm not uh, doing stuff with Laundry Bear, I work as a freelance game artist. I'm working on a few games right now, um, mostly Toronto-based. Uh, one of the Toronto ones I'm working on is Vertex Pop's Graceful Explosion Machine, which is a shmup. I believe is the technical term. Uh, <laughs> and when I'm not doing art for games or I'm developing games, I, yeah, I do the podcast. So that's me in a nutshell. Nice. <laughs> and what, uh, what kind of game are you? What do you, what do you play it mostly? Uh, oh, everything, everything. Yeah. <laughs> right now it's a mix of um, Overwatch, 
Pokemon Go. Been playing a lot of Pokemon Go. Yeah. Uh, y'all been playing Pokemon Go? Or? Still have not started the Pokemon Go yet. Okay. Are you, is that a thing you think you're going to pick up or is it just like... I'm actually, believe it or not, I'm waiting for, for my significant other to get back so we can kind of start together and go on the that's, Pokemon Go that's walk. That's so nice stuff. of you. That's so nice Because <laughs> I think she'd enjoy it too. And like, I'm just, yeah, I think that would be good. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on it. I'm level 16. Nice. Uh, 69 caught. 72 seen. It sucks because, like, I've, I've seen an Ivysaur and a Beedrill, and because of the bugs. Uh, I'm getting a lot of static from someone. Oh, it might be me. One second. Oh, oh that was me. Andrew's in the shower. So it was like. Oh, I thought he was getting on the vacuum. <laughs> yeah, <same. laughs> I'm like, oh, no, he can't join us today. He's busy. And I'm like, uh, let me write that down. I might have to do some <laughs> editing there. Um, yeah, sorry, sorry. No, it's totally fine. Um, Pokemon Go. Yeah, Pokemon Go. I'm level 16. Yeah, caught 70 or so. Any of the ones I've, I've seen and didn't catch are because of the bugs. Because um, yeah. uh, my partner got an Ivysaur while I was with her, and I went to catch the Ivysaur, but it like glitched out on me, and I was sad for the rest of the night. Yeah, that is like the Pokemon Go thing, isn't it? It's just, just bugs for days. Yeah. So many bugs. Uh, it's been yeah. better. It's been better lately, though. The three step bug is still there, or whatever. But it, like, I haven't had it crash on me or anything in a while. So. Yeah, no, it's been a while since it's crashed on me. It's been pretty solid actually. And uh, when it was out, so we had it uh, when it came out in the the states is when I when I downloaded it. <laughs> yeah, did same same. And so uh, and like oh yeah, like it would it would not only crash but it also boot me out of. Uh, like my, my Google accounts, I'd have to like re-log in every time. Yeah. Every time that it like crashed. And so it was like such a pain in the butt. But no, nah, yeah, I, I'm super, super, super into it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm level 17, almost 18. Nice. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, my, my favorite thing about it, I think, is just um, how many drowsies there are in Toronto. Oh, my God. It's the worst. It's so funny, though, because I have all these friends in, like, Vancouver or anywhere else, and just, like, they're like, yeah, I, I see them every now and again, but I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, they're almost as common as, like, Pidgeys or Rattatas. It's really funny, and I don't know why it's become, like, kind of a joke, too. Like, it's just... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's... That's... When I was watching the Treehouse event, um, they had some beta testers on talking to the creators, and they were saying that there were a lot of a specific type as well. I don't believe it was drowsy. So I think, yeah, probably every sort of area has their their main Pokemon. Yeah. They're just yeah. everywhere. I mean, I, I get a lot of, like, yeah, the Rattats and the and the Pidgeys and, and Sparrows and stuff like that. But drowsy is, like, literally, like, you'll go to a Pokestop and there will be, like, just three of them just chilling there. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I've, I've gotten to the point now where I don't catch them unless I have, like, a a lot of pokeballs but i'm kind of running low on them right now so what yeah. is the advantage of catching a bunch of the same one is so it? you like you get experience points for every time you capture one and then you get a you get three candy like three candy specific to a pokemon every time you capture them and you need that candy to kind of power them up and level, and evolve them yeah. and which also gets you like more experience points so yeah, it, yeah. it is beneficial to capture like all these freaking drowsies but at the same time it's just like I almost rather just catch like pidgeys all the time because it kind of makes sense that there's birds everywhere. But Drowsy's like a like a pig and like a psychic pig or something. Like I don't really know what he is, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's just like weird. It's super weird. Uh, yeah, what I was gonna say. Um, Overwatch Pokemon Go. <laughs> 
Something about Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go has just been a real thing. Wait, so you are you all in? You're not all in Toronto, right? I'm in Toronto. Okay, it's in Toronto, and I'm bridging. Uh, him and Brett, who's in Hamilton. Oh, so you're Oakville. That's right. Yeah. So um, Toronto, like where we are, we're downtown. We're like right near Trinity Bellwoods, and there's just Pokemon, Poke, Pokemon stops. What are they called? Pokestops Poke everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere, and so Pokestops is where you get. They're like monuments, or um, I don't know, just like usually graffiti or statues or like any kind of thing like that, mm-hmm. and you um, you can actually get pokeballs and more items from them and so when you're downtown toronto they're, they're everywhere so i like i'm all my bags are always full i've had to buy and then have to but i definitely have bought bag upgrades because we just poke about pokeballs for days but i guess um yesterday we were visiting our friend hubert who's also a toronto game dev and he's over in oakville and there's no poke stops out there and so he's like eh, i have like two stops <laughs> oh, yeah yes that's right yeah so i like i like herbert he's a good guy he's yeah Hubert's he's fantastic good. he's Really cool. <laughs> yeah, it was his birthday, so we were playing kickball. Oh, were you? Yeah, it was super fun. I haven't played uh, kickball since I was like 12, probably. But. <laughs> yeah, he's a really good guy. I met, I met him at GDC, or not GDC, I met him at uh, Global Game Jam 2014, actually. Oh, nice. And then we got together a few times. Uh, I drove him back, I remember. He needed a ride back to Oakville. And then, uh, yeah, we haven't really hung out much because we're both so busy, but we should because like he's the only other dev I know in Oakville. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we're up at, like, Young and Shepherd. Um, oh, yeah, okay. And so in our little, like, kind of, uh, like, we're in a stacked townhouse, and there's condos and stuff. So in our little kind of, like, walk, there's two parks. Each have two Pokeballs, or two Pokestops, right? And mm. so um, we do, like, we walk the dog kind of in that loop, and, and we'll hit each one. And then there's a gym, like, in a condo across the street from us that we can't hit from our, our, our place, uh, that's like constantly changing uh, teams and whatnot. So there isn't one like within striking distance of our place, but you know we just take the dog for a quick like half hour walk and, and we can hit like uh, four or five of them. So okay, I got a question. Yeah. Okay, so um, Gabby, you mentioned that there's these pokey stops everywhere, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are they are they created by the developers or are they created by the users? Uh, I think it's by Google actually, like Google Maps. Is oh, what so I understand. Generated. I think yeah. so. Yeah, like they're they're kind of like popular zones on Google, like like, yeah. like monuments and churches and places of interest and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. There's actually lots of articles about how it's actually a real problem in uh, like underdeveloped neighborhoods because a lot of these people, like well, a lot of like stops, a lot of these like monuments are like I'm trying to think of like a proper word for them, but like. Places of interest. A lot of these places of interest are generated from people taking photos and uploading them to Google. And a lot of these places are in very like affluent, mostly white neighborhoods. Mm. And so, in non-white neighborhoods or like underdeveloped neighborhoods, like whatever, um, there's not as many Pokestops. And mm. so, it's becoming like a real issue where people, if you're not living in an affluent area, you can't really play Pokemon. And that's like a big thing, a big problem. So um, they've. What I've what I've read is that they're opening up the ability to add your own kind of like Pokestops based on like actual monuments or places of interest in your neighborhood. So whether or not they're already in the game, you can start like requesting new ones. Or opposite, you can if like it's generated from Google, but it's a thing like um, like lots of there's lots of them, lots of Pokestops in like cemeteries, for example, uh, or like memorials or whatever. And so 
you can actually request to take down Pokestops too. So there's a lot of places, like a lot of people have talked about, uh, they, they live in like historical homes or century homes and their homes are now Pokestops. So people are just like crowding around their houses. Um, that's, that's wild. I, <laughs> um, I bet you, you, you know, Nintendo, Niantic, whatever thought, did not realize the can of worms they were opening up with this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I think it's kind of interesting because also, uh, they, so Niantic also did, what was the previous game they uh, made? Ingress, I think. Ingress, yeah. yeah. So they've kind of already had like a bit of, bit of time to kind of, I think, work out some kinks but i think there's still yeah still some issues but yeah. Yeah, i don't know the form of inequality is going to raise a red flag especially once it gets that popular forget about it yeah yeah um but yeah i think it's kind of interesting and i actually wrote uh, i don't write very often but um i wrote a piece about um pokestops in cemeteries because i think that's super super interesting because uh, like the internet seems kind of divided on it on whether or not it's like an appropriate thing and i was like hey this is kind of interesting that like people are kind of visiting memorials and, you know, cemeteries uh, with the intention of getting these Pokemon, but also, like, you know, a lot of the things I've seen online are like, hey, we went to the cemetery and we saw this grave and it's really interesting and blah, blah, blah. So it was kind of cool. Where, where, uh, where did someone find that article? Uh, it's on my, it's on Medium. <laughs> yeah, I'm, but I'm, also Gamma Sutra. Um, I put it on Gamma Sutra and it got featured, which is really nice. Awesome. So, uh, it's called, what did I call it? Exploring our thoughts and feelings about death and Pokemon. Or like, what did I, uh, I'm going to Google it right now. I feel like I should know this. <laughs> Exploring graveyards and our feelings about death with Pokemon Go. Nice. Yes, that's the one. I just retweeted it. Yay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking your Twitter looking for it. And then I noticed you, you caught a Cubone the other day. I did. That's so Cubone's my favorite Pokemon. And uh, I've been searching across the land searching far and wide where'd you, where'd you get it because i haven't even like seen the silhouette or anything just like down the street it's just like i like ossington and queen like it's just like pff, just there and i was like what are you kidding like i was just chilling at my desk yesterday just working on the site and a gengar just showed up and I got, yeah i got so excited because i've been like i've been like grinding gas lease just because i want a gengar so it's funny how they just like show up and then my my next door neighbor i was talking to him and he's like level eight or something. He was like, "Yeah, I found a Dragonite." I'm like, I'm "Like, oh, like how does every, like how do I have drowsies everywhere and other people have all these better Pokemon?" Yeah, yeah. Um, so what is that? There's like an app called Pokevision. I think it's Pokevision, where you go on and you can like ping certain neighborhoods and it tells you what Pokemon are there and how long they're there for. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah. So uh, it can you know like the other day, um, Nina. Vasquez, I don't know if you guys know her. She uh, works out with out of Bento with us, or not Bento, sorry, Gamma Space. <laughs> Gamma Space is a co-working space downtown Toronto for uh, video game developers. Uh, it used to be called Bento Miso, but that's where Andrew and I work out of. Anyway, so Nina, who also works out of there, uh, really lovely person, used to work at Ubisoft and stuff. Um, she's really into this game, and so the other day she had like this like Pokemon app up, and she was like, "We gotta go." <laughs> there's a jigglypuff around the corner and everyone just like got up there's like 20 people just got up they're like jigglypuff and holy <laughs> smokes this is like work came to a standstill when the entirety of gamma space was like there's a jigglypuff around the corner <laughs> had to go get it so it's just, this game is absurd it's so it's so funny and like i love just like walking down the street and seeing like older people playing it and, yeah and then my dad like <clears throat> people that had no idea what Pokemon was before. Like my brother texted me the other day and was just like, "What's Pokemon Go? And should I download it?" 
And I'm like, yes, download it. <laughs> everyone else is playing. It's and, it's interesting because like it, to me, it kind of reminds me of uh, obviously the the card game, and it, I'm sure there's a relation to like the addiction that you would get by opening up the packages and just hoping to get one of those sort of legendary or rare cards or whatever yeah. it was. And, and now it's just more accessible to everybody. People who necess- who weren't necessarily into, you know, card games or weren't necessarily into spending the money and the investment and playing those types of things now can have that sort of collection aspect and, and the, um, you know, sort of addiction that, or, or the adrenaline that you get from finding something rare like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. As far as, like, pay, like paying stuff, like, it's, it, it's pretty good. There's no, like, pay to win. Like, you can't, uh, you can't buy the candy that levels up and evolves Pokemon. So that you actually have to, like, go out and catch. Um, yeah, yeah. You can still, like, buy, luck, like, double experience points and boosts and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, the Pokemon's like, what matters. And you can't, like, pay to get Pokemon. So it's still, like, yeah. all about catching. I've only bought, I bought egg incubators because... Um, yeah, that's smart. Because to me, the game is is not a game I go out and play. It's a game that I play while I'm out. So while I'm just walking the dog, like I'll I'll just be I'll have the phone out. So I'm more interested in like hatching the Pokemon and stuff like that. I'm I'm in the process of like hatching a Pidgey and, and evolving it and just juicing it from birth. Like it's my own Stormtrooper. Uh, it gets it has no life. It just it's going to be my warrior. So <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's that's what I kind of like. So I bought some like the the egg incubators and stuff because um that's how you kind of get the like dope pokemon's like i got a labyrinth and stuff like that from yeah so. yeah i've been and, doing I, I bought uh and like i my justification was like okay i've got a lot of the pokemon go i really really enjoy it so I, like i don't mind paying <laughs> for yeah. that purposes normally i'm like no uh but i'm like no no it's fine I'm, i've been enjoying this game i should put something into it uh I, mine was the bag upgrades you can do like permanent bag upgrades and uh Oh, uh, it's like 50 extra items or whatever. True. It's like, and for again, be, being downtown and like always having access to Pokemon stops, I'm just like, well, I'm going to just like try to like, you know, so, expand my space as much as possible. Yeah, um, me, as a developer, do you find that, um, you know, the monetary aspect of Pokemon Go is, is something that feels fair, something that doesn't feel in any way sort of like... Um, cash grabby because i know some of these games some of these mobile games i'm just like as soon as it starts to feel cash grabby to me i'm just like ah, get out of here no i think it's i think this is fairly fair and i think that like what you were saying before about um it not being paid to win i think is it's fairly accurate too right like it isn't like it's like pay extra money for more candy get the best pokemon like you do have to like put a lot of yourself into it right especially mm-hmm. because it's a game about walking you can't just like pay to win so i think it's fairly fair i think that like you know again if you have access and it really also depends like on your access to pokestops but if you have access to pokestops you can get a lot of these items for free like i get lucky eggs a fair amount of the time so i don't really need to buy them if i don't want to so i think it's fairly fair i think they could actually even expand it further if they really wanted to i don't know if they're planning on expanding this game much but there's definitely room for them to do it and i think things like you know right now the avatar customization is super basic and i think you know if they wanted to they could monetize like costumes Mm, like i would pay i would super pay to have a cool costume same or you you know you can't change uh you can't change your avatar either afterwards like yeah as soon as you're done it's it's done I didn't That's know it. that. I have this like u- ugly yellow jacket that I want to get rid of. <laughs> what, Gabby? Important question. What team are you? 
Oh, Valor. How about you? Yeah, Team Valor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is there is there a good team and a bad team? Like, I don't know nothing about Pokemon. No, I'm I just think everybody, everybody just kind of like makes fun of each other and <laughs> yeah. But uh, you just randomly pick a color because it's just yeah. te- like when you hit level five, I think you hit you get Team Blue, Yellow, and Red. That's and it. And now online, it's just like Team online. Yellow. Like for some for some reason, Team Yellow is like this slow, stupid team. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And Team Red is like, I don't know. It, everyone just picks like a random color, and then suddenly that you're like, like that's your allegiance, and and all the other colors are stupid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like super, no one's been taking it super seriously. It's all like in fun, but yeah. Uh, but like mostly, like a lot of the polls I've seen online are like blue is like the most popular, red is the second popular, like by like a little bit of a margin, and then yellow is like way less popular. So I don't know if it's just like a color thing, like people just really like the color blue, and then yellow is like the last favorite color. But I think that's probably what it is. It's just like, but it's really funny though because we kind of have this joke going on where um, whenever we see uh, what are they called the um, little like pink nodes that you can put on Pokestops. Lures? Lures, that's it. Yeah. So, so Pokestops, uh, like in like the places of interest, you can put what are called lures on them and, uh, they attract Pokemon, not just for you, but for everybody Mm. for about like half an hour. And you can see them on your map, like on your map, they'll still have like cherry blossoms falling from them. And so people usually like congregate around these things because there's more Pokemon. And so I've, I've met a lot of people from this and it's really hilarious. Um, most of the time. And so, but it's really funny because every single time, I think it's just the same guy, in our neighborhood but every single time we we come across like a lure it's always like a couple of valor and a couple of mystic people being like haha we're gonna beat you haha whatever and then like some guy in the corner who's like (laughs) yellow just like you know and same thing with gyms too there's been times where you know there was one day i was hanging out in the park with some friends and uh, the Trinity Bellwoods Gates, it's a Pokemon gym. So you can't battle other people. You can only battle for gyms right now. And so, and it's not based on you personally. It's based on team color. So your team is trying to take over a gym. And gyms are, like, usually uh, more prominent places of interest. So Trinity Bellwoods Gates, Gladstone Hotel, Eaton Center, you know, that, those are really gyms. And so there was a, we were at the park. And it kept going back between blue and red. People were, like, yelling across the party. Like, it was just, like, total <laughs> strangers just, like, yelling. And it was really, really funny and all in good jest. And it was blue and red, blue and red, blue and red. And then it turned – and as soon as you take over a gym, uh, it doesn't go to the person who defeated you. It just goes white. And then anybody can put their Pokemon on there. Right, yeah. So it's going – you know, the gym is going back and forth between red and blue, red and blue, red and blue. And then suddenly it goes yellow. And everyone's like, who the hell is that? <laughs> and you see this one guy, like, in the corner, and he's, like, bikes away. And you're like, <laughs> Instant. That's awesome. <laughs> Every time I've had, like, an encounter with a Team Yellow person, it's always been, the, like, one person in the corner. It's like... <laughs> yeah, most of the people I know are either red or blue. Yeah. Um, what is that? I think they're just popular colors. I think, I think that's what it comes down to. It's just, like... So they're, all, they're all, like, they're, they're the three primary colors. <laughs> And and just yellow is just coming in last. Yeah, they're the yeah underdogs. I think it's supposed to also match the three legendary birds, right? Yeah, that's true. But they don't. But it, from what I remember, like when you're picking the color, it's not like they show those those birds. So it's not like you can even pick like your favorite like uh, legendary bird. It really yeah. is just like what color do you like most? And now it's just become peer pressure. Like what are what color are all your friends? Uh, that's why that's why I'm Valor is because like a bunch of uh, a bunch of my friends are like Team Red. And I was like, all right, sure. <laughs> yeah, um, Heather, my fiance, she she had the game before me and got to like that level before me, 
and pick team red. So when I got hit level five, I was just like, what color do I pick? She was just like, red, 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 pick red. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's that's the only reason why I'm team so red. you caved. I caved. Well, everyone at work is team blue. I'm going um, yellow. Yeah, everybody else at uh, Gamma is like, it's, it's really funny because it's kind of a good mix of like blue, yellow, and red. And so all of us are just kind of like always battling for the nearby gym. It's really, it's pretty good. I like that. <laughs> Uh, I got to head out in like a couple of minutes. Um, Yeah. I'd like to hear more about your podcast because you just kind of introduced it, but I'd like to hear some more in depth. Yeah. Yeah, uh, So so talk about either the podcast or Laundry Bear Games. uh, Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Laundry Bear Games. Let's get that first. That one? Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, we, we, Laundry Bear Games is fairly new. We founded ourselves a couple months ago. Uh, it's, it's it's just Andrew and I for now, um, working on stuff, but, um, back in like November, I uh, received funding from Ontario Arts Council to make a game called Mortuary Simulator, which is uh, what we're working on right now. And so it's Andrew and I, but it's also uh, a team of other devs in Toronto. So Caitlin Tremblay, uh, who is our writer, an incredible writer, um, Jen Costa, who's our sound effects person, Robbie Duguay, who's also doing some sound stuff for us, and then Helena Heron, um, who's doing the music. She did music for Yogg and other, other games. And so... Um, we are making this little game about death. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, um, so just Andrew and I are on Laundry Bear, but we're working with some of our really close friends to make this game in a mortuary simulator, which is what we're calling it for now, is a narrative-driven, I guess, job simulator where you play as a funeral director running a funeral home. And so, uh, you know, you're tasked with the things that a funeral director would normally be tasked with. Like, uh, we're just, like, changing this conversation from Pokemon to death so quickly. (laughs) Just, like... (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so you, you know, you prepare bodies of the deceased, whether it's through cremation or embalming, uh, to, you know, uh, console the deceased loved ones, and you have to also do some, like, business stuff. So there's, there's, like, some business aspects to the game. Um, Is it sort of a time-based thing where you have to get all of these things done in a timely manner to kind of keep things moving in the game? No, no, it's it's very uh, it's very kind of do it at your own pace, kind of like you know, not super super. <laughs> I think when I say when I you know as soon as I talk about the game, everyone's like Diner Dash, but with dead bodies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. That's totally what I was wondering. I was yeah. thinking, um, I was thinking more like the the like Roller Coast Tycoon and, and Sim Hospital and stuff like that, where you it's like a place of business that you're like running. Yeah, no, no, not kind of more towards that than the okay. diner dash bit, but not quite. It's 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 very very like narrative, <laughs> super artsy. It's very artsy. Cool, cool. But, so yeah. I'm looking at the, 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 this one screenshot that says it's not the final artwork, mm-hmm. and I know in in one of the the, tw- the tweets that uh, or the retweets from uh, Toronto Game Devs, I saw that the artwork looked uh, that there was a little thumbnail of an artwork that kind of was sort of reminiscent of like a Game Boy style yeah yeah so that was a um last summer actually a prototyped mortuary simulator just for fun sake of just like i have a lot of friends that are uh, funeral directors or like death professionals and uh i read a book by um caitlin doty who is a um, funeral director in los angeles and she also has like a youtube account and she talks about death and stuff she's very very cool so she wrote a book and i was just like super super inspired by it and so i was like oh, i'm gonna make a like a, a game about this just like really really simple and so um, uh, I used Pico 8, which is a very, very, like, simple game-making tool um, 
very not not simple. Simple sounds a bit condescending, but like limited, very limited game making tool. Um, and I made this like pixel art uh, mortician, <laughs> and it was super simple. It's just like a weird prototype I did, where it's just like you walk around, and you can you know put things in a, a cream, cream cremation machine and stuff. Um, and then I just like I was like, yeah, okay, this is all I want to do with this. And I took some screenshots and I put them on Twitter, and then I was like, that's it. And then I ended up getting a ton of people who were talking about this game and asking questions about it. And I was like, huh, okay, people are actually interested in this. Well, maybe I should actually make it into a real thing. And so I started working on it kind of slowly over the last bit. And then again, in, in like November, December of last year, I uh, applied to Ontario Arts Council for some funding for it and then ended up getting it, which is really cool. So now I have to make it into a real game. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and we started out with, again, like just pixel art, uh, but you know, a lot of what I want to do in the game, I think, doesn't work well with that style. Um, I've also been very into 3D stuff lately, so um, I was like, yeah, okay, we're going to switch it. So now we're doing it in 3D, uh, which is why this, the style kind of shifted there. Yeah. <laughs> it's looking great. I love your model of the mortician. Oh, thank you so much. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, she is, I have a lot, again, I have lots of friends that or in the death industry. And she based off one of your friends? Yeah, she's based off actually a few of them because a lot of them have the like short blunt bangs and long black hair, but a lot of them also have like lots of tattoos. Like all my friends have tattoos, all of them, right? And so I was like, okay, I'm going to put bits and pieces of that onto them. So all, her, all, their, all of her tattoos are kind of taken from my friends uh, and or myself. I have a couple of my own tattoos on her, but... <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Thank you, yeah. Um, probably Congratulations on getting the funding. Oh, thank you. That's very nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting that. I definitely was not expecting the Ontario Arts Council to be like, ah, oh, yes, here's a game we want to put some money into or whatever. It was very, 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 very kind of them. Very honored that they were like, yeah, cool, do it. They see some promise in it, right? They see that they see, I mean, in my view, they see it as something different. They see it as not a typical pitch that they would get. And, you know, if I was giving people funding, I'd be like, yeah, let's try something different. This is this is awesome. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, man, no doubt. I got. I have a quick question for you. Sure. It's not related to Mortree Simulator. It's related to the last game you guys did, Tracoons. Yeah. <laughs> um, this game looks like a lot of fun. And, I, I you know, I um, I worked with 13AM on Runbow. Oh, nice. I, I love local co-op kind of stuff. Uh, but this one in particular... Uh, is interesting to me because of the controller that you guys used. Yeah, yeah. Like, who who built this thing? For those of you who don't know, it's like a it's a it's a box with how many nine? Eight, oh, eight, eight, eight different uh, controllers. So actually, we made the game for a uh, Dames Making Games game jam last summer with a bunch of our friends, and uh, it was showcased at during Pan Am Game. There was a big thing at um, Harborfront Center. They were doing lots of like movies and game stuff there and so we were showing off our game there for a Danes Making Games event and uh, Nick Paget or Pagey Nick Paget I'm actually not sure how to pronounce his name uh, he's part of uh, TIFF so like TIFF Bell Lightbox which is a downtown Toronto theater um, event space um, he came and he played the game and he was like listen we have this event every spring it's called uh, TIFF Digi Play Space it's like 
video games and uh, installations and stuff for kids specifically. And we think this game would be really good with it. And we were like, sweet, okay. So they actually, like TIFF actually made us that custom arcade, which was super, super nice of them. Um, And so, yeah, that was, it's at the game actually, when we made it for the Game Jam, was using four Xbox controllers Mm. and each of the joysticks uh, was was a player. Oh, neat. So you got to you got like two people be holding onto one controller. Yeah, yeah. And the idea was like, so you play as uh, raccoons running through the streets of Toronto, and the the game is uh, there's hurdles coming towards you, but you can't jump over them. You can only throw the person next to you into it. So it's <laughs> super uncooperative. And the idea of sharing controllers was, you know. Because you are physically in the space of, like, sharing controllers with other people, you are inevitably going to try to, like, screw each other up, just like the raccoons in the game. And so we built this uh, eight-person arcade cabinet with the idea of them being very close to each other. So you're kind of, like, squeezing in and, like, trying to to mess your friends up. Um, But, yeah, so it was at Tiff Digi Play Space for, like, a month and a bit back in April, March, April. And uh, it was really cool. We got to go see the kids play it a bunch of times, and it was really funny to watch them because the kids play games so differently than adults do. And it's uh, was was yeah. the theme? Did you get when you guys do um, games that said said a DMG game change? Yeah. Um, so do they was the theme based on the the Pan Am thing? Is that why you guys went with like a uh, hurdling? Yeah, it was uh, it was like sports right themes. Um, and that raccoon, the Toronto raccoon, just was the thing that just happened, wasn't it? The- yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, like, uh, uh, I, I feel like we, we hear so many stories about raccoons just like causing trouble in Toronto. <laughs> so, um, so it was. Uh, we were making this game about. Yeah, we're like, okay, we're gonna do a game. We're running over around hurdles, blah blah blah, and we we're like, okay, we gotta pick like an animal or like multiple animals and. And we were like, yeah, no, let's make it Toronto-themed. And, of course, if you're going to pick any animal to represent Toronto, it's the raccoon. Or drowsy, apparently. <laughs> now, now it's drowsy. It's so. your Pokemon. But yeah. it does work great with the name. I mean, Traccoons, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. That was... I can't remember who came up with that name, but it was perfect. Actually, just, I think it was Robert. style Trakens? <laughs> uh, Robert, who was on our team, who did a bunch of programming for it. He's really good with puns. Just like if you meet this guy, you'll you'll know he was <laughs> very punny, and so he was like raccoons, and we were like, "What?" That <laughs> <laughs> was great. Um, yeah. Okay, I have to go. I'm so sorry. I don't want to like. It's totally fine. Oh, it's all uh, good. Before you do, just want to quickly hype up like your Twitter and and the website and stuff, whatever you want. Like, what what's what's Twitter? What can people follow? Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, I am Gabdar on Twitter. You can come follow me. I mostly tweet about death <laughs> and games and stuff. Uh, Laundry Bear Games, you can find out more about us at laundrybear.com. And or I think we're on Twitter at laundry underscore bear. Someone took Laundry Bear, and they're not even using the Twitter account. Uh. Get off. So I think, yeah, we're, we're laundry underscore bear on Twitter if you want to follow us on Twitter. But, awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure hanging out with y'all. Yeah, thanks weekend. for enjoying. Mortuary Simulator. Mortuary Simulator, yeah. Come in. Uh, 2016 <laughs> <laughs> aiming, aiming for 2016 aiming for 2016 and we're, we're both very busy with other stuff so we're trying to trying to get it done but yeah and, and everyone tweet at laundry bear without the underscore and tell them to get off yeah thank you. <laughs> he hasn't tweeted since 2011 so cool thanks for uh, yeah Gabby thanks for joining us yeah thanks again for having me I'll talk to y'all talk to y'all later cool have See a good ya. one yeah you too bye bye righty. just the two of us just the two of us. Just the two of us. <laughs>
we can make it if we try. Uh, Brett is totally MIA. Yeah, he's Dunsky. I don't know where he is. Did we? Maybe we did fire him. We did. We didn't know. <laughs> maybe <laughs> uh, maybe I did get that HR intern, and he was just like, "Listen, <laughs> he took it too seriously." <laughs> I think this guy said I was fired. I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> um, cool. Awesome. Thanks for Gabby for joining us and uh, and talking. That was about great. Game. Yeah, I love I love having uh, other devs on to talk about their games. We should do it more often. Yeah, we definitely should. You know? <laughs> After the disaster of what episode 44 was, I was like, we need something different. <laughs> oh, you stepped up your game this week. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. More stories. Uh, speaking of more stories, do you want to, which way are we starting with that? Uh, yeah, let's let's jump in that. Because um, I was going to mention something about swag, but I, that might be the last story. Or is it the first one? Uh, no, let's do the last one. Okay. Um, so number one. Number one was actually um, Mortuary Simulator from uh, Launch Bear Games. So awesome for Gabby to join us to chat about that. You can also follow the, um, her partner, Andrew, on Twitter. And I had it up, and now I don't have it up. But he's also on there. So, um, But anyways, number one. Archmage Rises uh, is out on Steam Greenlight. So it's from Defiance Game Studio. Uh, someone in Burlington, actually. Um, released kind of a... It's it's like a two D <clears throat> pardon me it's a two D like RPG kind of based on Dungeons Dragons like uh, style of combat so there's a trailer on there with some screenshots it's a game he's worked on uh, he's told me um, over the last like three years or so uh, and pre orders are actually going up like August fourth so in about two weeks the art looks great yeah I'm digging this art style too it looks awesome the the like goblin or the I guess yeah, like the goblin art and like sp- spiders and stuff like that. It looks dope. The soundtrack on the uh, on the trailer is interesting. Eh? It's like very very rock based. Yeah, that's true. I remember, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not listening right now, but I do remember that. Listening to that I was like, this is kind of dope, actually. <laughs> um, You'd expect it. I mean, I like I like music that juxtaposes. You know, I like when people make choices that. You know, like obviously you'd expect the obvious choice would be some sort of orchestral renaissance kind of thing or whatever, something maybe that has a little bit of a, a mystical vibe or whatever it happens to be. But, um, you know, just totally going against the grain. I mean, with, with all the artwork and just doing something that just rocks, mm-hmm. it's an interesting choice, you know. Yeah, so you can check that out on the, the site. Um but there is the Steam Greenlight page too. So if you just kind of search uh, Archmage Rises on Steam, uh, I'm sure you'll find that. So actually, let's see if it got greenlit. I wrote this uh, earlier in the week. I wonder if it got greenlit. Uh, oh, actually, it got greenlit. Hooray. This game has been greenlit by the community. Booyah. That's sweet. All right, so it's already greenlit. So I guess the next uh, like due date for it is August 4th is when it's um, when the pre-order hits. So. Awesome. Expected to hit this sometime this year, so looks dope. These guys are in Burlington. Yep. Huh. I wonder if we've, we've come across them at GDD or something. They should come out. They haven't. I, I think uh, Science Game Studio come out to GDD so we can all meet up. Did I put their Twitter or maybe? Oh yeah, no, there. I did put their Twitter. Thomas uh, Henshell. I think it's mostly like him, and then um, kind of like some people here and there helping out. Um, but you can follow him on Twitter at uh, at Lord Yabo. Y-A-B-O. Yeah, Lord Yabo. So, Brett, when you listen to this, because you're sleeping right now or fired or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Do I need to invite him on the phone call again? I have no idea. Well, his on Skype, he's just set to away. If I click to add people again, will will it, like, recall him or something? 
Yeah, yeah. give it a shot. Add, Brett, add. Okay, so. It, but I, but I called him and I and I messaged him on our WhatsApp group and he's MIA. He must be toasted from last night. Do you think he came back from, from forest time? Do you think he's still in the forest? Maybe he's lost. Maybe he found like some squirrels and just doing some stand up and yeah, just just he's like the Lord of the Lord of the Ford stand up. Right <laughs> What's the deal with acorns? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Arcane rises, yeah. Cool. So you check it out. Um number two. Number three? Number two. Uh Dungeon Crawling RPG Down Down Spiral uh is also out on Steam Greenlight. Let's see if this one has been greenlit though. Oh. No, so this one isn't. So this one you can still vote for. Um, but another developer, uh, local, hey, it's that, uh, hey, it's that dog, dog, hey, it's that dog, um, released like a, uh, or sorry, it's coming out with this dun- another kind of dungeon crawling RPG. I think I just heard Brett not able to join. Mm. So. That's okay. Um, so there's a trailer and some screenshots on there too with uh, the Steam Greenlight page and, and Twitter. Let me actually just pull up his Twitter. Yeah, a couple uh, of dungeon crawling RPGs, eh? Yeah. Uh, so Matt Gunter, so M A T T G U N T E R. And so, do you know where these guys are from? <clears throat> no. I uh, Actually, I do. Hold on. Somebody email somewhere. Just says Ontario. I feel like Sault Ste. Uh, Marie. Oh, really? I think so. I don't think they're like exactly local. Let me actually dig around. I've been out to Sault Ste. Marie a few times. That's a that's a that's a hike. That's like a seven seven eight hour drive. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, all male. I mean, speaking of music that juxtaposes, did you listen to this trailer? It's got like some. It's got some. Uh, like hard to hard hard to say. It's sort of like a it's a funky. James Brown meets um, uh, Steely Dan kind of thing. Oh, really? I that's the, <clears throat> is the picture. I, I I listened to it when I probably posted the story, but uh, I can't listen to it now because the the audio it's, will show up on the thing, right? Yeah, because it's got such a it's got such an interesting art style, and it's got sort of a darker palette. Like uh, I like the flames, how they did the flames. It's just <clears throat> you know, there's like twenty pixels in there or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't see. I thought. I feel like I was kind of hunting these guys down, trying to find out where exactly they're from. And I feel like I. Sault Ste. Marie, for some reason, coming up. I could be 100% wrong. Um, but. I get the idea of, of what they were going for, though, because this is supposed to be like a, a an old, abandoned, broken down theme park. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, down quote, down spiral, a uh, satirical action adventure RPG game that's set inside a dilapidated dungeon that was once a bustling amusement park attraction. Now out of business and in complete disarray, the dungeon tracks adventurers from around the world seeking fame, fortune, and to uncover the truth behind what happened to the once prosperous attraction. Uh, you'll explore the broken down dungeon while solving puzzles, exploring and working to discover the secrets of the dungeon's uh, past, forming a party of four wacky adventures from uh, key races and classes, tomato person, land dolphin, or accountant. You'll dive into down spirals rich narrative and satirical humor while strategically uncovering the mystery of what became the dungeon's previous glory right right so now that makes more sense their musical choice to me oh yeah true yeah yeah you know i dig the i I dig kind of like the you know the the kind of the selector race like the human gnome lizard person yeti land dolphin um 
I'm, I'm looks like a lot of humor in this game, so I'm kind of excited to pick it up. Which again, it's it's cool. You know, he's going for a breadth of emotions there, obviously, because the the art style obviously looks it's 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 darker. You know what I mean? It's right. Almost, if I mean, if you didn't know anything, if you didn't know it was called Down Spiral, you didn't check out the music, you didn't check out all the funny sort of stuff that you're expecting, you just walked right into it. You'd be surprised by all the humor based on how sort of um, moody it looks from mm-hmm. the. I like that. Yeah. So um, he's actually there's actually a few other games on the site like Hades at Dog, uh, Hades at Dog dot com, uh, Caitlin's Quest, um, Gnome, uh, Mike and Ted's Punching Street. It looks like some some smaller games that are on the site that you can kind of check out. So uh, the the shooter game with the cake and the cat that looks hilarious. Yeah, what's, what's that first word? G Quest Two: Rise of the Cupcake Cuties. G Quest. <laughs> uh, vampire Squid Attack. So, look, Ohm looks very Zelda Link to the Past. It does. It does. Oh, it's gonna. I might actually look into that one. And actually, game? yeah, Gnome is an action adventure game styled after the Legend of Zelda Link to the Past that I never completed. <laughs> this is another game I decided to make people for Christmas back in 2002. Oh, so you can't play it? No, I guess not. This is probably just like a little portfolio of his, I guess. Yeah. Cool. Um, but check it out. Yeah, it's still on Steam Greenlight, so let's try to vote this one up. Um, but you can follow on Twitter at Matt Gunter. Um, and at Hey, It's That Dog. That too. Oh, I don't follow that. Yeah. At Hey, It's That Dog without an apostrophe on its. And you'll find it. I don't. Oh, I didn't actually find it. Hold on. Oh, I just clicked on it and went to Facebook. Wait. I went. Hold on, that was weird. <laughs> I clicked on the, the game. Wait, no, I clicked uh, on their website. Hold on, where's that? Where's their website? Uh, I'm trying to find it. I clicked on their Twitter icon, and it took me to their Twitter page. Oh, sorry, I clicked. I guess I accidentally clicked on their Facebook. They, it's not. Just okay, follow yeah, Mac. Yeah. Just follow Mac after. Mac after. <laughs> cool. Don't listen to Dan. <laughs> no, always listen to Dan. Oh, I gotta load up your tweets after. Oh, I don't have anything good. Or maybe I do. Maybe I do. tweeted a little bit more this week. Did you? Just a little bit. I got super sick on Friday. Yeah, that's true. True. And I just honestly, I've been, I've kind of been half bedridden. I, I've been trying to get work done on my laptop for for the show while I was just been sick as. But she goes. Yeah, true. Uh, I just realized what we didn't discuss in hype time is game dev drinks is this Wednesday. Uh, July 27th uh, Spooky Squid will be there um, so come on down I don't think I'll be able to make it but come on down yeah, I think it's going to be a good one yeah I've, I've actually had some friends contact me asking if I was going to go and if we could carpool nice which doesn't usually happen usually it's me trying to get people to come out <laughs> um, yeah you only have one tweet actually Oh, never mind. That's yeah. that's a lot for me. In a and a few retweets. Well, a few retweets <laughs> that aren't like. Well, I had a conversation because you know what? I, I asked the question uh, this week: when, like, what time of day are you most sort of uh, productive and creative? Right. I, I did a poll. Did you vote on that? I did. What'd you say? Late night, which was Late. the yeah, which was the uh, minority for that. Yeah, well, it was it was close though. It was like neck and neck. Yeah, I mean, it, the thirty-one percent said in the morning. 25 said afternoon and meh, whatever. And 19 said uh, like late night, which was me. Yeah. So yeah. it was pretty even, yeah. It was like uh, for, for a while there until the end, it was like 
as close as it could be with the number of votes. You know? what, what's it for you? Early boarding for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's weird. Like uh, creative, maybe, maybe in the evening, if I've got some people around and we're, we're working on a project and we're, we're feeding off each other kind of thing. But man, if I'm by myself in in the studio and I'm, and I'm meant to finish a deadline, I have a much better chance of, uh, doing well the next morning mm-hmm. than I do of staying up all night and trying to get work done. There's a lot of diminishing returns there for me, right? Like by the time eight or nine o'clock hits, you know, uh, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I work up until two in the morning if my deadline is the next morning. But uh, something that I got done in two or three hours the night before, I could have probably finished in 30 minutes or 45 minutes in the morning. Right. And that's like, just a general rule for me like that's pretty much always the case and i never think it's going to be the case you know at like 10 o'clock at night i'm always like man if i don't stay up till two and get this done uh, you know i'm not going to meet my 12 o'clock deadline the next day and then i'll be like forget it power down wake up boom all the answers are there in the morning yeah for whatever reason i i don't know if my brain is subconsciously working on it when i'm sleeping or if it's just that i'm i'm just way more refreshed and the ideas come quicker in the morning but if i want to get quality work done faster and just be more focused that's always the morning for me i hear you i'm just noticing uh cody from oddbird studios online so i'm seeing if he wants to join the podcast like my podcast <laughs> yeah i get that i mean for me it's uh like i think just late night is when i do most of the website stuff anyways so i've just kind of gotten in that groove of of doing stuff and usually like on the weekends, I'm like, ah, oh, I want to do, I want to do stuff, but I end up like just kind of pushing it till the evening, anyways. So, I think just like in that chill zone, I, I I'm just a little more productive. Well, you want to enjoy your mornings too. You you wake up early every morning for work. It's like on the weekends, like let me nah, yeah. not start work right away. I feel that. But as a freelancer, <laughs> for, it's like I got to make use of the time that I'm most productive, and that's usually usually super early. Yeah. All right, next story. I just saw Cody offline, so. <laughs> check out Onward Studio though um, yeah next story uh, Ubisoft believes that Watch Dogs 2 could be the highest selling Ubisoft game ever so uh, Watch Dogs 2 is kind of jointly being developed by a bunch of Ubisoft studios but Ubisoft Toronto is helping out with it um, but quote uh, Watch Dogs 2 has uh, or sorry said, he says he's confident in the gameplay and storage advancements the team has made for the sequel specifically citing the game's more seamless online functionality and co-op game also has an engaging characters and relevant storyline inspired by hacker culture he said so this was at like a recent like earnings call um the ceo um said that you know it has watchdogs 2 could be like the you know the, the hmm. highest selling ubisoft game ever which says a lot because they like assassin's creed sells a bunch all the time yeah. um i'm assuming like assassin's creed like two or three or four or one of those is like the highest is currently the highest selling one i'm not sure which one I wonder. I mean, obviously, they're going to say that that they're expecting it to do well, right? Cause right. They're putting everything they got into it. I'm, I'm assuming they want it to be great. Uh, so it's hard to say with like financial reports and calls and quarterly this and that reports and whatnot. Because, I mean, what's he going to say? Yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> I don't know. It, we've been working on it, but it's it's, it's okay. Maybe. No, it's true. He's not going to say like, "Well, Watch Dogs Two is is turning out to be a giant piece of shit, <laughs> so we don't really expect to sell it that much." But, um, you, but you know, you know what's the, a real indicator is the big middle finger they got right in the middle of that 
that graphic. I saw. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I posted that one. <laughs> Go to Toronto Game Devs at uh, and check out the story. Um, the uh, Ubisoft believes Watchdog Two could be the highest selling Ubisoft game ever story, and there's a big fat middle figure. <laughs> that was not a. That's not. I didn't. I, I just saw that and thought it was funny, and I posted it. I just wanted to screenshot. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, so other, there's other little Easter eggs on here too, isn't there? Like, like what's that thing? That little bit of graffiti. We, we are, are ninety nine. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm mis- I'm hoping the game does have uh, a lot of like cool Easter eggs. One of the coolest things about Watch Dogs. Did you play Watch Dogs by the way? Uh, no, I didn't get a chance to play that one. So one of the coolest things about that game was, uh, and, I, and I liked it. It got a lot of like kind of bad rep because it was hyped up to be so much and then kind of didn't really deliver. Um, but I bought it, you know, like on sale, and it was it was a fun game. The, the main character was like. The one a, a terrible human being that you hated playing as. Oh, um, but all the other stuff was fun. So does that switch around in the second one? Do you know? Well, it's a different it's a different character. So I think that's what he kind of means there when he says the game also has engaging characters and a relevant storyline. I think he that's kind of him saying like, yeah, we acknowledge that like the last character was a douchebag. Right, and and we are the ninety nine. I mean, that's that's obviously you know going against the top one percent or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some sort of um, but one of the coolest things about the game is like your phone would just kind of connect to other people's phone and it would give a little bio of or like a little bit of, uh, I guess description of that person so it would say like you know volunteers at, a, at an old folks home or you know actually or, or it might say something like actually has like four wives and mm-hmm. four different families or something along those lines and it would or it would say like this person's like HIV positive and they donate blood things like that we're always kind of like fun little Easter eggs that you would you would see. Um, what? What's Dead Sec? Uh, Is that the first game? Uh, yeah, I think that's the like hacker group that's trying to bring down everything. Because uh, yeah, because his hat says Dead Sec, and so does the, the the board. Dead Sec is a secret hacking collective feature in Watch Dogs and Watch Dogs Two. Mm, right. Um, I think that's sort of like the the basically the ninety nine people, like the people trying to bring it down. Cool. Um, and I think Bloom there is the is the company that kind of runs the like the the security footage stuff, like all the network stuff. Oh, interesting. So okay. I think that's what it, if, if I'm remembering correctly, I could be totally wrong. Um, either way, watch acting this this image. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's uh, with this flare on this thing? Do you know what you want that X and I? <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm down with the pie symbol though. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so as of the end of 2014, the original game had sold two, 10 million copies. So I'm sure it's it's sold more since then. Um, but you know, we'll have to wait and see. I realize I missed a space somewhere in there, but we'll have to wait and see about Watchdogs. I mean, everything I saw at E3 and like what I saw people online, people are excited for it. Um, and and Watchdogs one kind of left a bad taste in some people's mouths. I think just because it didn't really. Watchdogs was like technically the first like next gen game we saw. I think we like. I think it. They announced it before um, the PS4 and Xbox One were even like announced. Oh, okay. Uh, so we saw it like really early and just hyped it up, and then kind of just like, right, right, right. you know, didn't really deliver. So now fans of the game who bought those ten million copies, you know, they're expecting at least something in that ballpark. Yeah, and I think the game came out in 2014. So I think that's like the. Um, the, the time like the the year that it came out but i'm sh- i'm assuming it sold like 
probably another five million since then. It's been on sale and stuff like that. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, but Toronto Ubisoft is, or Ubisoft Toronto is helping out with this one. Uh, I don't think they've kind of gone into detail on what they've been doing, but we'll have to, we'll have to see. And like they always kind of do sort of like character or like map sort of stuff. Like for Assassin's Creed, they did like the like a certain map, and for Far Cry Four, they did like a kind of a, its own unique like experience, like um, the Shangri La stuff and. Far Cry 4 or Far Cry Primal I think they did like uh, a certain part of the map and also like the the animal stuff I think um, so I'll have to kind of see I'm excited for it though I'll get it I'll buy it yay I'll be one of those I'll be one of those people cool are you going to get are you going to get a Neo do you think or are you going to stick with what you got uh, I don't know I got to wait and see I, we don't know anything about the Neo right we just know it's more powerful we don't even know when it's coming out. I see rumors that it's out either like this year or next year. Huh. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'll, I'll get it if like everything makes sense, if the price is right, if the benefit makes sense. Yeah, I mean the benefit. I wonder if it's just going to be like the only, only the kind of stuff you're going to notice if you A, B it on the same screen. You know what I mean? Like in terms of the graphic improvement. Right. Yeah, well, I, I mean – I, I want one. I'm like PS4 is like my main console, so it kind of just makes sense for me to get it. But if it's like seven hundred dollars and and it's just horrible. oh no, it's gonna be it's gonna be the new price now for sure, and then the old one's gonna the get f- knocked down. What's the what's the price now? Four fifty, four hundred. Yeah, it's four forty nine. I think isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, I I want it, but you know. Uh, in my mind, like because because you know, I mean, we've been talking about it for a while. I'm try, I'm, I'm, like especially with a game like this, I'm kind of like wow. You know, are, are people going to bother getting a PS4 Neo just to get whatever sort of little bump in performance that they're going to get out of Watch Dogs, say? Watch mm-hmm. Dogs 2. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. I guess it would be mainly for people interested in the VR, right? Yeah. And you've already pre-ordered the VR. I have it pre-ordered. It's not, like, paid off. Um, E3 was supposed to be my test if I wanted it, and, not, and I want it. But it's, like, it's actually, like, six $700, so... Yeah, and I've only put down like eighty. So wait, so it's six seven hundred dollars for the headset? I think so. No, maybe just that bundle. Hold on, I don't know. Canadian dollar sucks too, right? And then plus you're gonna need the system as well, or is it a bundle with the system? Like the the PlayStation Four, you mean? The PlayStation Four K or whatever. The oh, you know. uh, well, it's just coming at like. Hold on. Oh right, because the headset's coming out first. Isn't yeah, it? the headset comes out October thirteenth. So PlayStation VR is five forty nine. Um, and then the VR bundle, which comes with like the move controllers in the game, uh, is six is seven hundred dollars. Wow! And I think I just bought, I think I just pre-ordered the the basic one, just the headset. Because there's going to be one one cool thing is like there's going to be times where you can just kind of put it on and and there's no real VR. You're just kind of like you're just doing it like first person. Like you, you're not using the move controllers or any of that shit. So. Right, right. Uh, I was like, I'll just get the, the the headset and see. But it was comfortable. Like the other kind of stuff that you can't really tell until you try it out. Like it was comfortable. Um, it wasn't like too super heavy. You played uh, RE, right? Didn't you? Resident Evil Seven, and um, I forget the game. The other game that I played now. Because uh, so, what do you think of Resident Evil? I heard people were just like crap in their pants. It was so scary. Oh, it was yeah, it was awesome. It it like sold me. I was just like, yes, really, this, eh? is, this is what I want. <laughs> so it really felt immersive to you. Yeah, it did. That's awesome. So, um, I mean, but then it, 
I wonder if, like, remember when Move came out and, like, all these games just started getting patches for the Move? I wonder if, like, the similar thing's going to happen with VR where, like, Uncharted 4 is going to have, like, a VR mode and stuff like that. Because they, Tomb Raider, the, the new Tomb Raider game that came out on Xbox One, they just announced when the PS4 version comes out, and it has, like, a VR mode. Um, oh. Like a, kind of a, a treasure hunting section, I think, so. So, okay. I don't really know enough about this, but in my mind, if you had, like, the, the difference between first person mm-hmm. and VR... Mm-hmm. would be, you know, um, uh, sort of attaching the appendages that you could see on screen to the, the controllers and also being able to have different, um, like, head-tilting angles that that follows your... Yeah, exactly, yeah. Head, sort of gyroscopically or whatever, like, so that you can move around and it's not just, like, you're on one horizontal plane and you can duck or, or look up or whatever. You can... It, the motion is based on, on your own physical motion. And really, I mean, it's kind of like if you can get those two things together then VR starts to feel more immersive. Is that, right. that's, kind of, that's kind of the basics of it, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Um, you still kind of move with the, like, the left analog stick, I guess, but the, the right analog stick, the one you kind of use to look around, is now replaced with like, your head moving around. Right. Um, and so it's not, yeah, it's, for me, it's, I guess it is like, still um, immersion it's not really like oh man i'm i'm like in the resident Evil 7 mansion it's just more so like this just like puts me in the experience like much more it's not like i'm being tricked that i think i'm there it's just like more in my face and for like a horror game um it's pretty it's pretty damn clever like there was a lot of scary shit in that demo and then i came when i came home i played the demo without vr and it was still fun but it was definitely not the same like thing like, if these games are built around VR, like, there, it's going to be a different experience than just, like, a game built around VR is going to play differently without VR, and then a game that wasn't built for VR is going to play differently when you put it on VR, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so it depends, like, how many of these games are built with, like, kind of VR in, in uh, from the get-go, or how many of them are just kind of like, ah, just throw in the patch, whatever. I can see what Brett's talking about when when he, when he talks about like just the hollow deck being his thing, kind of. Yeah. Because in in reality, I mean, when I, when I think about VR, like something like Re- Resident Evil Seven, right? And you're so you're using your left analog stick to move around, and you can hear footsteps. I'm assuming, right? Uh, Probably. Like yeah, like you, yeah, not yeah. just floating, right? So you're, you're going to hear some footsteps, but you're not actually making those footsteps. Because you can't really, you don't have free roam. You can't walk around everywhere, right? Um, in the like Resident Evil Seven specifically. Yeah, like you. I mean, you have like you had. You don't have free roam in your in your physical position. Like you can't. You know, you only have a very limited space to actually walk around in, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it. In, in my head, like there's that that is a very limiting factor because like you know you're walking around, you can hear the footsteps. Uh, because you know you're stepping on different materials. I'm assuming in Resident Evil Five, you're stepping on like rickety hardwood floors, and you get into the kitchen, you're probably stepping on some tile or something like that. Yeah, exactly. You can hear, you can hear that, and that that would be an element that kind of, while they're trying to make it wholly immersive, that would be an element that would take me out a little bit because uh, now I'm not just, you know, I'm not really there. I'm just kind of possessing that person that's mm-hmm. there. You know what I mean? I'm just in their head. Yeah, I can see that. Um... Yeah, I mean, uh, that's, that's a good point. I didn't, that didn't really happen to me when I was thinking. Yeah, for people who are, like, weird about sound and stuff like that, like, for me, it would be, 
it would feel like I'm just kind of possessing that guy's head because I, I'm not actually stepping in those spaces. But then, you know, you look at, you know, the, the sort of free roaming VR mm-hmm. where you just got the helmets and you're in like a large gymnasium or something like that. And you can actually move around in the space. Um, that seems pretty interesting to me. But at the same time, if it's just a big empty gymnasium, well, you do have. Yeah, at that point, yeah, I think that would be pretty cool. I'd love to try something like that, you know, because you would have like the closed back sort of headphone kind of apparatus from the from the helmet and you wouldn't hear like the big echoey gymnasium or whatever. You could just kind of like get ready to the zone. I think that would be pretty badass. Yeah. I'm, anyway, I'm trying to find I was I wanted to give a shout out to patrons and it says I have 12 patrons. But then when I look at like my list, it's less. So I'm just going to name the ones that's listed for me. So I apologize if I missed you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian, Tabby, Gigi, Renaud, Tyler, Lee, Stephen, and Anthony. Um, you. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's just yeah. I don't know. I don't know why it's like missing. But anyways, thanks guys. Cool. Um, I'm excited for VR. Uh, to kind of get back to the point. Um, but yes, I totally, I totally want to try it. Yeah, and for me, it was like, yeah, when PlayStation Move came out, there was games that definitely used PlayStation Move, but a lot of it was really just games that got it patched, or it was just like a side thought. So, Killzone Two or whatever, Killzone Three, like had like a PlayStation Move part, but you would just rather use the controller anyways. Um, and other things like that, like Heavy Rain, I think got patched for it, and, and all this other stuff. Um, you know they gotta do the they gotta do the the dual power glove thing at some point. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's you know instead of holding on to a controller. Yeah, well, right now it's like the PlayStation Move controllers, which I don't have. So right, and those are like just not really, you know, they're just not. I don't know. They don't do it for me in terms of both aesthetically and also just mechanically. I, I want I want like oh man, it'd be great to have a glove. And then maybe the glove had like a little pad on your palm so that when you did make a fist, like you're holding onto a gun or a weapon or something, it wouldn't be, you know what I mean? Like there would be something substantial there to hold on to. Yeah. Was that one of your E3 predictions? Um, no. I thought it was someone. So I remember making the power glove joke on that episode. And so I feel like someone made the joke about it. Somebody's got to do that though, you know, it, because the, the power, like, okay, imagine this, right? So you got the, the, the power glove on. Mm-hmm. And it's got sort of like a, a, a pad, something of maybe like that's about an inch thick or something on, on the palm. And it, it would, that would have actually allowed you to physically grab onto something and to apply like force pressure onto it. And um, that force pressure would allow you to hold on to like a, a sword or right. something like that. But, you know, you'd have to push harder to hold on to heavier swords or something like that. Right. Or if you're you know, if you have a gun, you have to hold it particularly hard and maybe it has like sort of like the weights built inside that will um give you force feedback too like mm-hmm. if you hit something it would it would sort of uh vibrate that would, you know? that, that would be a, sweet yeah if you had a gun and you were shooting it it was, it was vibrating in the palm of your hand kind of thing i think that'd be awesome we need some sort of force feedback like that's got to happen that's got to evolve at some point that is a prediction of mine in 2017 how about that nintendo nx maybe they bring back Maybe, the power yeah. glove. I love the power glove. Yeah, but <laughs> um, cool. Uh, now the reason we're all here. The TorontoGameDevs.com store. Swag. Yeah. Um, so shout out to Will O'Neill, a developer, uh, actual Sunline and whatnot, because um, he showed me the site. Because we were talking about how there's all these drowsies everywhere. 
he made a shirt that said, uh, you know how the shirt that says like Toronto versus everybody? Um, oh. it's like a, it's like a shirt that kind of came out with the whole, like we, the North stuff. Mm. He made one called like Toronto versus drowsy buddy or something along those lines. Nice. Uh, and it's from a site called Designed by Humans, which is just, here's my logo, here's some art, throw it on a t-shirt and give me a store and give me some of the payback. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, which is what I was kind of looking for. because I've been wanting to do t-shirts for a long freaking time, really just so I can have one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it always involved like just ordering the shirts and then just people like contacting me to do it. And I was like, that's when it, like if it blow, if it were to like blow up, it would just get way out of hand. Um, right. and plus I would have to like order all these shirts, like in bulk, like I would have to order like 10 of each like size or something. This is a <clears throat> yeah. Um, so this is a, a great site. Uh, so I basically, there's a store now designed by humans.com slash shop slash Toronto game devs. Uh, and so there's iPhone cases, Android cases, sweaters, and t-shirts basically with the logo. I'm probably going to expand on it as time goes on. Um, and so there's some screenshots on the, on the site as well. It's a, I mean, it's a great logo. It translates to a T-shirt really well. It would translate to a hat really well, too, actually. Yeah, that's the one. On a, on a T-shirt or a hoodie or something. Someone else. said they wanted a hat, and I looked uh, for design like on their site, and they don't have hats. Uh, so I emailed them to be like, yo, is that coming soon? Because I, lo- I would love that hat. It would be a great hat because if you had like red all around it and then just the sort of like a Canada flag. Um, mm. For the baseball t-shirts too, I wanted to make the ar- I wanted to make the arms like red, so it kind of looked like a Canada flag, but didn't really have it. But for what it is, the site is pretty solid. Uh, I, I I haven't ordered my shirt yet. I'm going to do that like today or tomorrow. But so I don't know like what the quality is or anything like that. But Will Will O'Neill said that it's like awesome. And he's ordered shirts from there before, so I kind of going off off his word. But I'm excited to have the store now officially. So it's another way to help out the site if you didn't really want to become a patron. Um, or you want, or like the rewards weren't really your sort of style. You can now order a T-shirt. Uh, I'm more at some point. I'm going to try to like just order a bunch and then just like give them away somehow somewhere. Yeah, um, man. Some uh, giveaways on uh, for asking questions and stuff on the cast. Even yeah, exactly. What I want is like somehow uh, to get the 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 website um, actually on it, like either on the back or like on the shirt somehow. So. I reached out to my logo guy today (laughs) just to be like, yo, can you make one with the the website name on it? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's expanding. If there's something, if if there was something specific you wanted, just let me know. Um, Not that I have like much art or stuff to my name, but. Well, you know, like whoever did the uh, graphic design, um, it did a great job. It looks awesome. Yeah. His name's Ian. Ian. Uh, Ian what? Uh, Ian Reed. Okay, thanks, Ian Reed. That graphic looks amazing. I would, I would say it would be cool to have like, like an inverted version of it, though, right? Like a, a version where, um, just you know, you picked a different color instead of red, and all the all the white parts were black or something like that, so that you could put it on colored T-shirts. That'd be cool. I see. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, because then then you could pick because they have different color. Yeah, they have different colored T-shirts as well, right? Yeah, I only did the white and red just because. Right, like, and then when you do the red, it, it it forces you to keep the red, the white box around it, right? Yeah, exactly. Which doesn't yeah. look bad. I kind of like that, but it would also be cool to have an inverted version of the, the thing where it was mostly white, but maybe with red or black, um, you know, uh, sort of CN tower and, and buttons and and stuff like that, and then you'd be able to put it on other colors. Yeah, it'd be dope. 
so there is a link on the site uh, next to job postings and next to the Patreon and stuff like that. Uh, like I mentioned, it's another way to kind of support the site. Um, if I'm getting one. I love this. Boom. Yeah. I'm going to get Katie a tank top too. Do it. <laughs> I was going to order one like today or, or tomorrow. I So just as a – like probably not the best way to sell it, but I don't know what the – like what the shirt will end up looking like. So you can be my guinea pig or, or the few people, a couple of people have ordered, so they could be my guinea pigs. But, um, I did, I did like some research and everyone online says like, yeah, they're pretty sweet and they're good t-shirts and stuff like that. So, I mean, even if it does kind of fade and, and whatever in the wash, it's kind of a cool look. I like, you know, I like it to not look like super crisp. I like it to kind of have a bit of a fade on it anyway. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's, I think it'll be good. So again, that's designedbyhumans.com slash shop slash Toronto Game Devs. Uh, it's on the site, posted uh, some screenshots and stuff like that. Um, yeah, buy a shirt. Makes a great gift for the whole family. Uh, that's it for Christmas news. is coming up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You want to you hit up all your Christmas shopping right now? <laughs> Just buy 50 t-shirts. Get one of these for your whole family. <laughs> uh, the, the phone cases are actually pretty cool too because I made it so that it looks like the Canada flag on the back, similar to um, my business card. If you ever seen that, yeah. um, so you can you can get that too. So I was wondering a phone case. Um, I think it looks pretty neat. Yeah, you gotta have one of those. Yeah, yeah. I just haven't got around to it yet. I just it was expensive there, so I, I kind of want to stretch out buying stuff. <laughs> I got the I got the TD Spend app. Do you who do you bank with? Uh, CIBC. Yeah, yeah, I got I got the TD Spend app, and it's a really great app because like every time anything comes out of my account, I get an alert on my phone immediately, and it tells me if I'm above or below my my sort of average monthly spending. Oh, yeah, and then and then if you go in, it gives you it gives you like really detailed analytics, and it knows the difference between like a transfer between accounts or whatever. Oh yeah. yeah. So so it just it's literally just what you spend, like what comes out of your account for expenses. I wonder if CBC has something like that. I use Mint. Um, right. Yeah. But I'm not a big fan of their mobile app and and sort of stuff like that. So I really just kind of use it as. Just whatever. I wonder if they have something like that. One's great because it has this sort of baseline, and then it has what you spend as sort of a, an overlay, and then you can see when you're above, when you're down. It gives you, it gives you, um, uh, like alerts every single time any money comes out of your account and says you just spent three eighty five at Niwa Sushi, and now you're 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 you know uh, five hundred and fifty seven below your typical monthly spending or whatever, right? That's cool. CBC doesn't seem to have an equivalent, so. Okay, I got to switch to TD. I guess so. I got a lot of stuff. <laughs> Once you get a lot of stuff, though, with a bank, it's hard to switch. Yeah, no, totally. Um, so now, cause I, now I got other stuff, too. Like I got, um, I got like a line of credit with them and stuff like that. So Yeah, I feel you. Uh, like emergency fund or whatever. Got to save up that game money. <sighs> yeah, buddy. Credit cards is for credit now. <laughs> oh, buddy. I save 10% of everything that comes into my account just for me and what I want to buy, you know? Yeah. Like if, if any money that comes in, ten percent goes into what I call the gear account. But if I want to buy a game or a system or, or or like a new compressor for the studio or a new microphone or a guitar, it just if the money's in that account, I can spend it. If it's not in that account, it's not something that I can buy for myself. You know. Yeah. At the moment. Yeah, true. Um, I I just kind of like I like I said I use mints, so I just kind of like keep an keep an eye on on that, mm. um, and. 
but the problem is like when I go above budget, like if we go out to dinner more than we should sort of thing, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Next month will be different. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <I'm> but, <laughs> but I like the, but I like the, the idea of getting a, a, a notification, like making you instantly feel like shit. You're just like, yeah. you went out to see the Jays game and you shouldn't have done that. You're above your typical spending. Yeah. Way to go. <laughs> At the same time, you can't let it, you can't let it control you because money's meant to be spent. You're meant to, have, you know, you got to have fun with it. So yeah, exactly. Actually, I'm looking at Mint right now. I'm doing good this month. So, yeah, but uh, cool. So yeah, turning into this.com store. Check it out. Um, thanks for Gabby for joining us. So check out uh, at Laundry underscore Bear, or sorry, Laundry Bear underscore Games. I think was it. Uh, I think it was Laundry Bear underscore no Laundry, laundry bear. underscore Bear. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe tweet at Brett asking where the hell is he. <laughs> Yeah, let's make fun of Brett. Let's okay, everybody, everybody who's listening to the podcast. This might be a good way to test who's actually listening to it. Who actually listening? Brett and give him a hard time for not being on the podcast. Hashtag, uh, where the heck are you? Yeah, where's Brett? <laughs> Hashtag, where's Brett? Yeah. Uh, so, tweet of the tweet of the week. Uh, anyone have any opinions on the Roland JDXA? When was the last time you saw someone do this with a synth? Uh, did you watch that video? Not yet. I was going to watch it oh, afterwards. It's the, so good. The one I made fun of you for, that, that random instrument that was your spirit instrument. Oh, yeah. Um, it was actually cool. Yeah, I listened to it afterwards. <laughs> I'm like, this is actually really sweet. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, it's, it's funny because, like, yeah, when I post something, I only post it because I really think it's awesome, you know? And most people that only care about it are, are the people that I follow or that follow me that are music related, you know? Yeah. Nobody generally gives a shit. <laughs> Uh, Felix, I noticed always uh, oh, yeah. at Composer FA. I'm always, I'm always like, always about the um, uh, the music stuff for sure. But I, but on Twitter, I just follow like game developers and and uh, game composers and stuff like that because I use Twitter as just my my sort of conduit to people that are working on games and and finding out news about games. I thought it was really cool because I found. A Super Nintendo, like somebody, uh, uh, Ben Heck, the Ben Heck show, uh, had this thing where he found like the the old PlayStation um, prototype of when Super Nintendo and PlayStation were going to make a system together. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. There's a prototype out there. Yeah, there's a there's a quite a few prototypes actually, but this guy Ben Heck actually got a hold of one and went inside. It's the nerdiest thing on the planet. Like he goes inside and he picks apart all the different chips and processors and tells you what they do and gives you specs and all this stuff but in the end he actually got it working which is pretty cool whoa does he have games for it or he didn't have a game for it unfortunately but he he did get it up he got it to boot up and now and he kind of put out a cattle call out there to see if anybody had some games that he could try out on the system but any prototypes that's sick yeah it's just i i love that kind of stuff so that like twitter for me is all about games a little bit of sports but like I don't I don't follow like like you know I don't follow you know movie stars and and you know people politicians and stuff. It's just about games and sports. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, same same. Well, I, on my like on my on the Toronto Game Devs one, so you can follow Dan at Composing Dan on Twitter uh, and follow us at, at Toronto Game Devs. But on and the, don't follow unfollow TP Smoke. Yeah, unfollow TP Smoke. <laughs> unfollow Brett Meeser. Unfollow uh, Game Dev Drinks. 
uh, and unfollow Heart. Actually, no, don't unfollow Heart Circle. But we're, we're just kidding. Guys. <laughs> Not that anybody would do what we say ever. No, for any reason. <laughs> this is a good structured show, though. This has been. That's what you get when Brett's gone, man. We we we've gone on some tangents, <laughs> but you know. That that being said, it is super fun to do it with Brett too. He's hilarious. Yeah, we miss Brett. Brett will be back. I'm sure. I'm sure he yeah. just like was up late last night and. He did not get fired. Yeah, he was just. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. He's probably. He probably woke up. He'll probably wake up around eleven and just be like, "Oh my god, I totally slept through the podcast." Yeah. Um. Cool. So yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you. Oh, and Jake Bundon did the intro, and Dan, you did the outro. Um. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Peace.